welcome back to the Boardroom Banter Podcast, where we take a deep dive into the journeys, ideas, and reflections of the incredible people who are building a better tomorrow. This is a conversation by builders and for builders. Whether you're building a career, your skills, a startup, or even a life that you can be massively proud of, we give you an exclusive behind-the-scenes look into the thoughts and stories of our amazing peers and mentors who are doing just that. So sit back, take a deep breath, and get ready to step into the boardroom. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, whoever you are, wherever you are. Welcome to the Boardroom Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Karanja, and I am joined by two very special, distinguished, charismatic, accomplished, did I mention accomplished, gentlemen in the boardroom, Mr. Boniface Omina and Mr. Yuri Koret. How are you guys doing? Welcome. W- welcome to a, to a boardroom in the season of love, guys. We got out of January. It was like reaching January 82nd towards the <laughs> end of the <laughs> But uh, how how's everyone doing? Sean, you're speaking to me in my in my love language. I, I love the words of affirmation I'm hearing. Accomplished. Hey, charismatic. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Play around here. I'll just send you some flowers mm-hmm. in oh, two weeks' man, time. I take cash. <laughs> <laughs> I take cash. Yuri, what's up? Good. I'm doing well. Just uh, chilling. Nothing much. You know, um, one of the secrets to success they say out there is relaxing. So when you see Yuri is relaxing, it means that there was work that happened. So don't look at us here in the boardroom and think, you know, we just come on here to banter. Uh, actually, you know, in the, at the beginning of the episode, we we're just saying how Thursdays are the craziest days of our weeks most of the time. But you know, we get on here and, you know, we've got guest episodes to unpack. We've got lives to to analyze and um, existential crises to deal with. So, yeah, you're meeting us here in the boardroom. I hope you guys are having a fantastic week, as I'm pretty sure we are. But we can never be too sure. So we'll hop into the first segment of our podcast, as usual, the pen check. Pen standing for physical, emotional and needs where we dig into, you know, how how the founders are doing for real. So Boniface, you can kick us off with the pen check. Yuri shall follow, and then I'll wrap that up. Yeah, definitely. Oof. I was talking to a friend the other day. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this this. this. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll keep going. I'm going to let you cook. Uh, let let, let me cook, cook, bro. Let me cook. Yeah, so I was talking to a friend the other day. And yeah, so they've actually started applying this pen check thing in their lives, man. And it's it's a good it's a good wellness check-in. So yeah, we're, we're changing lives out here as a podcast. Physically, I'm feeling very fit. It's been... It's been good to get back to, to some football. We played... We had some training at at a football field near Grand Bay, for those familiar with the island. And it was the first time like we're playing on like a pitch that has like full grass. This this campus pitch isn't isn't the in, in the best of conditions. We had a really nice training session. We have a football game. I wonder whose fault that is. 
I also wonder whose fault. If you're listening <laughs> and you have any idea of whose fault it is. But yeah, we have a football game coming up this weekend against a team of Cameroonians who reached out to play um to play with us. And guess what? After they were like, oh yeah, we'll play the game and then after that we can like do a party at Tujiwa. So you just know it's about to be a very chaotic. That's, that's, that's so malicious. <laughs> the fun can't end on the pitch. We need to. And it's always nice when football fans come around and the banter that's there of which team is, is on top of which team. Just to remind you guys, Chelsea is still in 10th place in case Yuri forgot to mention the state of his team. And United is still winning. Ah, Like that just tells you guys I've had a beautiful week. Um, Emotionally, I feel quite relaxed. I am recovering from a creative block that I had over the past six weeks, guys. There's a piece of there's a piece of content I'm trying to put together. So I was trying to figure out how do I go about the creative production? How do I do this and this? But I finally nailed it. And I just, I was just like, you know, just start and figure it out along the way. Ready fire aim energy as we usually bring it here on the podcast. But yeah, I was also reflecting this past week as I was journaling about like these instances when we find ourselves in like tough spots. I think for people for people who derive a lot of fulfillment from our work, it's tough to mentally work through, you know, periods of setbacks or or perceived failure. And, you know, I was at this place where like you just you feel helpless and you feel like you're the reason why this creative block is happening. Like there's something you haven't figured out mentally. You need to, you know, sort out your your mental situation before you can you can move past that. And I think. I wrote that down this past week about how I'm just learning to show myself a bit a bit more grace, you know, and and that being an interesting part of that. Yeah. My needs. Hey. So the other day I dusted off my resume from deep in my Google Drive. <laughs> of Google. Hey, if you guys have been keenly following our Founders Friday conversations this year, hey. We're out here hustling applications or freelance contracts here, reaching out to people who owe us money. Why hasn't my invoice been followed up? Hey, <laughs> hey, us creatives, we don't play with our invoices. But yeah, so I dusted off my resume. I was checking this thing out. A couple of, during like, a couple of days before Christmas, I'd reached out to my sister. So my sister is 30, she's turning 30. I won't tell you guys her age, but she's in like her mid thirties, right? Yeah, <laughs> she'll come for my neck. She'll come for you. <laughs> then she listens to the podcast, by the way. Bonnie, you are dropping my age. But I told someone I'm 31. You're yeah. <laughs> no, shout out to my sister. I love you. I love you. <laughs> yeah, so I reached out to her. And I was like, oh, Tess, you send me a resume. I see, I see like, so like she's like in a different season in her career compared to me of course i'm I'm still in college she finished college like a while back so i wanted to like gauge how she's approaching this career career transition thing how she's applying for jobs and bro when i tell you if i put my resume next to my sisters our format is sort of the same right so like there's some things that are not really changing in terms of like 
how professional opportunities are approached, but there are some things that are changing. I think we'll touch on this a bit later on in the pod. Yeah, so I want to just ask you guys here on the pod, like how do you guys go about like putting your resumes together for our listeners as well? If you guys want to reach out to us and just share some of your strategies, I was applying to to something in media. So of course it was very, very much, oh, this is what I do in media, nini, nini. Um, but yeah, so me, I'm just trying to find out how you guys approach approach you know your resumes. Um, a friend of mine was telling like she she doesn't like applying for applications. Most of the opportunities that she gets are through networks and like demonstrating value outside of like an application and like that being quantifiable and okay you know come do this and stuff like that, which is a lot quicker and more practical than your application forms. But the companies which still do that and that's completely fine. So I usually get that feeling as well of eh this application see they just hit me up for an interview one-on-one i go i go drop I'm, my charm i mean my you know, like omina <laughs> yeah. uh, i saw i saw this episode can you come come to greece for three weeks and help me i'll come now pause 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 school and everything but i didn't necessarily have anything anything too deep on the needs so i to pick you guys's brain on on how you approach like putting together documents, like which tools do you guys use? You know, I'm sure, I'm sure from the listeners, the the title of the episode will tell you guys, you know, some of the tools that we're about to unpack on this episode. But yeah, that was that's how my week has been. Yuri, walk us into ah, Yuri's already pulling up a book. Ah 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 ah. Hey guys, um, extremely happy to be here today. Um yeah, before I actually go into my pen check, uh, I have a resource for you, Bonnie. It's a book called um, The Ultimate CV by a gentleman called Martin John Yate. Um, it has literally different samples and examples of um, CVs for any occupation or any opportunity that you would want to apply to. And yeah, it helps you just understand like how to come up with a very powerful CV that, you know, is very short, straight to the point, but, you know, covers your entire experience, um, you know, when you, when you put together your resume. And secondly, I wanted to share with you a tweet that I actually read today morning about writer's block. Um, and it's by a gentleman called Anish a very funny guy on Twitter. And he wrote that if you have writer's block or video creator's block, always remember the best first draft you have is someone else, someone else's final draft. So that's just a reminder to, you know, I know we creatives do have that level of, you know, we wanted to be perfect. We wanted to sound this way, look this way. Um, but, you know, we shouldn't just get too caught up in being extremely meticulous about, you know, coming up with the right draft. Um, let it just be a reminder that, you know, what you already have is good, good enough to to share with the world. Um, yeah, but on to my pen check. Physically, I'll say I'm just there. Um the past two episodes that we did, Founders Fridays, like I shared that I've been having issues with my leg. I'm still recovering. Um, it completely disrupted like my goals and my plans for, you know, uh, January. So I think 
when we started this year, I mentioned like I would go for morning runs and I wasn't able to do that. So at the end of the month, I, we- I went to the weighing scale and I set a target that every every month I would lose about 1.5 to 2 kilos and I'd only lost a third of that. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, should I be upset or should I just accept that I've still made progress and embrace it? So it was a very wishy-washy feeling. You know, there's so many mixed feelings, but, um, you know, either way, like you decide, I decided to just embrace the fact that I've I've made progress. I've not really jumped to where I wanted to, but you know, there's 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 some progress in the right direction. So I'm 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 happy. Um emotionally, um I would say I've been pretty much composed, considering that the workload now has increased like with school. This is pretty it's it's pretty much like a rush hour. So Boniface and I have shared previously, like we're working on our dissertations. It's something that is constantly, you know, looming in our minds every morning. And, you know, sometimes you sit down and you're like, okay, will I do my dissertation or will I do, you know, work with the podcast or will I do this other freelance work that I'm doing? Like I have so many tabs open, but I think emotionally I've just tried to contain it and just be composed and, you know, whatever I, you know, my heart and my mind tells me to do, I will do it and with the, with the most attention and just make sure that it's, it's, it's done um my needs i think just as boniface mentioned like i think we're in that stage where we're trying to prepare for our summer so we've decided to do it early this time and we're applying to you know different kinds of companies trying to see like you know if we can have an experience in a different country a different continent and Bonnie was talking about resources um, for resumes, but I would add to that. And I'm looking for resources for how to write cover letters. So that's something that sort of popped up when I was doing my application for, you know, a different internship in project management. And I was like, okay, write a cover letter. And I was like, okay, how do I persuade these people that I actually need this? So if you know how to write cover letters, please do reach out to me. Um, I would really appreciate to share with you what I've been able to come up with and, you know, you can help me refine it. What about you, Sean? How's your week been? Guys, I'm having a great week. It's, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's always a blessing to be alive. I'm excited for, for life, for just living. You know, living is a sweet thing. There's people who aren't <laughs> i mean obviously but um yeah i think new month i'm starting to feel like you know the january was like warm up february you know now now we're now we're talking serious business here like let's let's get into the let's get into the mix of things so let's let, let's run through things right so physically physically i'm good um I think that's that's one thing that I've 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 taken good care of or or paid attention to. Um emotionally. Emotionally I'm also I'm also feeling pretty great. 
I really can't complain. Um, yeah, just been enjoying, uh, just been enjoying the season and re- and reminding myself to be to be present and available to myself for myself, but you know also being being there for others and 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 that's a good thing for your for your psyche for your emotional bank. You, you know we have like a bank of of um of good vibes. You know it's like a good vibes bank. You know and so being around other people serving the people you love and um you know just also looking out for yourself and and your dreams i think is is a great cocktail mix for happiness and you know just emotional stability needs i think i think we're all kind of in that same season you know from our past founders friday you'd know that um you know these these transitions taking place at the moment. So definitely, you know, I'm also in that space of, of of CVs, cover letters, all that, all that jazz, and um, you know, fundamentally, I've been asking myself um, two questions. Number one was what what has my previous experience taught me about myself, right? So, who am I and what do I what did I actually like? I've done I've done a lot of things, but what did I actually like? What, what set my heart on fire? I woke up excited. Um, whether or not I was paid, you know, what, what did I enjoy doing? And, you know, I've just been sitting with myself and narrowing that down with the intention of using that as a filter for opportunities that, that, that come my way or that, or that I'm chasing an interesting trend that you know I've, I've been taking advantage of since like last year was remote work right so you know working with really great organizations you know that have globally decentralized teams and um and and I've, and I've enjoyed that to to a great extent um and now I'm just trying to figure out okay where where can I plug myself in where you know I can pursue my more entrepreneurial side, you know, boardroom banter and other ideas that 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 are that are cooking, but also be secure, you know, financially and you know, building my my professional network um at, at the same time. So that you know when it's when it's time to make a transition into like full-time entrepreneurship, it's like, okay, you've gotten some really great relevant skills and networks that make the transition easy and it makes sense so yeah i've been i've been i've recently i mean just over the past couple of weeks sending those things out so i actually have a uh, back when i was back when i was on campus we did we did have a a workshop that was just all about cover letters etc so i'm actually gonna i found the document and i'll and i'll share it with both of you guys this has been a resource that i've been using to to craft really excellent um cover letters and and <laughs> and also i've been using a couple of ai tools let me be honest uh there's there's this there's this really great ai tool it's called cover letter ai cover letter ai and literally you you drop plug those in. names drop those names <laughs> listeners listeners please pull out your notebooks open that google search yeah cuz 
you know, I found I was doing so much work contextualizing each each cover letter. Um and uh and and one of the platforms that I'm using, it's one of those things where like you actually have to do a cover letter for everything you apply for, which part of me is like that's wild. But at the same time, you know, I kind of understand it in that it's it's your chance to really tell someone why they need you. So I I I have like 50-50 feelings about cover letters and, and their actual relevance. Um, but, but I've been using cover letter AI and I kid you not, you, you, you literally cover letter AI dot app, right? Cover letter AI dot app. That's that, that's one tool. One of the many AI tools I've been using <laughs> chat G- GPT as well, you know, just helping me make more succinct sentences, you know? So for example, I'd, I'd tell chat GPT like, Hey, this is, I've got, I've got experience that follows and, you know, I'd copy a bunch of stuff from my CV and I just paste it there. And then I say, help me craft a cover letter, um, which suits the following job description. Then in quotes, I go to the job description of the place where I'm applying to. Then I literally copy paste it into chat GPT. Now, for those who don't know, maybe we've even jumped and talked to chat GPT. Someone's like, what? Hey, 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 let me tell you, we hoped right into yeah. this one. Anyway, the topic was actually, you know, it, it is oh, going to be. On. Yeah. yeah, carry on. But yeah, I like, I like it though. Yeah. Something um, I've been using. So, so chat GPT, cover letter AI, these, these are all um, artificial intelligence tools, right? So um, these are chat bots where basically, you know, you type in, questions queries uh you know make it problem solve for you you could ask it stuff about um what's what's the best way to um set up a business how to set up a restaurant business um in in europe that sells pasta you know give me a breakdown and the thing will actually like print out for you okay this is what you need to do you need to identify customers you need to no 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 you need a marketing thing and and you know, this is a platform that turns simple queries into real actionable um, insights and outputs. So cover letter AI is just one similar um, thing. And I think they do use chat GPT. Um, those who are tech conversant would know that, you know, there's something called an API. What does API stand for? Not, I'm, I'm not too sure, but basically an API is where like, let's say chat GPT can allow other businesses to build products using that core software. So I think cover letter AI is one of those. So basically cover letter AI, you know, I, I, I post in, so you upload your, your resume as like a PDF or whatever. And then you also put in the job description and then it generates for you the cover letter. So whereas on chat GPT, I'd have had to ask it for that whole breakdown cover letter AI basically took chat gpt and built a, a more um focused product um, ba- based off of that so yeah that that's one thing i've been using and um yeah like so far so good and i've also seen that you guys have been using a, a couple of tools with like academics etc research um life stuff i'm really i'm really curious to to hear about that because actually you guys are the ones who put me onto Cactus AI. So I actually figured out you guys are using that as a chat GPT alternative. 
So I found it and I, I found it very easy to use, straight, straightforward. You guys can like let guys know a bit more about how you guys have been using these AI tools, etc. So before ChatGBT uh came came was was let me start again. Before Chat GPT GPT. These guys, these guys need to. These guys, need to change the name of their company. Cause, bro, your Luya is showing. Huh? Hey, that Luyaness has Luyad. Mm. <laughs> anyway, we'll cut that part. And we'll so, be... I dare to put this on the final recording. Dare, <laughs> dare. There. You anyway, said, uh, the look you read. Really <laughs> um, just know that Bonnie goes, Bonnie goes missing. <laughs> it's because uh, this part of the conversation was posted. <laughs> uh, but I was saying, um, before Chat GBT, is it GOP? <laughs> Oh God! Whatever it says, I I can't yeah. say the P. I just end up saying the B. Anyway, <laughs> um, before it was actually accessible in Mauritius, um, we decided to use an alternative thanks to TikTok, um, that pointed us in that direction. Uh, someone did a video on a, you know on a resource called Cactus AI. That is more student oriented. Um, so what it does is that you would ask it different questions uh, based on mostly your academic coursework or something academic. And it would generate either an essay or if you'd wanted to watch a YouTube video, it would watch a YouTube video and then give you like a synopsis of what was discussed in the YouTube video. Like it can come up with discussion questions to discuss if you, you know, wanna dive into a topic. So I have been using this for I think about two weeks now. And man, I am actually enjoying every bit of it. Not that it's 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 a way of, you know, people perceive that if you're using these AI tools for your academic coursework then you're cheating the system but i think it has literally allowed me to explore my curiosity because literally i don't have to spend hours looking for resources to be able to answer a question or to figure out something so i've been you know one of our courses has been on you know managing sustainable business excellence so the major focus of that module itself is talking about how you know climate change is affecting businesses what are some of the pressures that organizations are facing to pursue different ethical operations um, you know certain things that are quite new to me and you know using cactus ai itself has literally allowed me to get answers much more faster and move on to the next thing. And um, yeah, I feel like it has become one of my best buddies to to use while I study. 
um because you know it has literally made things much more faster um and it has allowed me to even you know connect to you know different you know work that uh various academic scholars have done on like certain topics so yeah that's what we've been using here in Mauritius uh before chat gpt um was made accessible um here what about you, Boni? What what has it what magic has it done for you? Hey, story time, guys. Let me let me tell you how I started my semester with my facilitator in class. So as we kick off the the semester, second week of Jan. Oh guys on their vibes, their vibes. And then you know, so like we're reviewing how the last semester went, feedback that guys gave for the coursework, you know, some current affairs and trends that are going on. So as as he was taking us through this like declaration of what's it called plagiarism declaration that, that usually attach in front of your essay before you submit on turn it in and whatever the part that says i something something to the tune of i hereby state that i did not receive any help writing this yada 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 so i asked him hold on like could you just clarify on that and does it also does it also what's it called does it also count in the case of you know, me using an artificial intelligence tool such as ChatGPT, you know, to to work through some of these, you know, topics that I'm writing and flesh out ideas and whatever. Basically just to write, you know, some parts of the essay. He came for my neck. Yeah. (laughs) He came for my neck. And like, so what he was saying is, oh, that's, that's cheating, right? Ideally, like, this is what he was saying. Oh, it's cheating. And... You know, it's it's not like you'll go and post the essay prompt and then it will generate the answer and then you'll copy paste it and then all of you guys will submit the same thing. So he was making it seem right, so this is this is how okay it got into my head, my brain, and this is how like I deeped it right. So it was he came off as if he was saying, you know how like like let's say me and Yuri are doing an exam, right? Hypothetically speaking, we're sitting next next to each other in an exam and Yuri is writing answers to, to questions. And then I ask Yuri, hey, Yuri, do you know, I spoke to Yuri, you know, very, allegedly, hypothetically speaking, right, this is not something that has ever happened between me and Yuri. But like, I just whispered to Yuri, hey, Yuri, what's the answer to question number five? Then Yuri tells me the answer. And then I key it in, in my paper, not key it in, I write it in my exam paper, exactly how Yuri has has told me without even changing the words or paraphrasing or anything. And so ideally, this is what he was making it sound like. Oh, you guys will use the, don't use these tools because you'll go in there and they won't help you. And so my question was really, you know, trying to figure out whether the school, like our degree accreditor has a, has any policies in place against us using these AI tools, right? So I didn't really need him to go into like that much detail about it. He could have just said, oh, there's no policy in place at the moment. And so I got this feeling of like apprehensiveness, you know, that he had towards this app. And I was just like noting down in my journal, how are these AI tools being viewed by educators and lecturers and professors and, and schools? And it took me back to a conversation that we had with one of our former guests. He's, he's a lecturer in the Stanford computer science department, but he also runs an artificial intelligence lab at Stanford University. 
And he first demonstrated this chat B- chat GPT thing to us when we were in when we were in Silicon Valley. You get me? And it looked very foreign at the time. Like we didn't really know like how use cases for it looks like. And he he just demonstrated it real quick and then kept on with with his his conversation. But like when we had him on the podcast, I'll give we'll get you guys the episode. Let me get that for you right now. Yeah, so we had both him, Chris Peach, and Chris Gregg in our 35th episode. So guest episode number 35, we were talking about designing and scaling sustainable education models. So the conversation was, you know, from one aspect, looking at how technology is helping both facilitators of these education models, the teachers, the lecturers, the the people designing curricula, and how it's also enabling the students, you know, to work through a lot better. So you find that their mindset towards AI tools in education and it and it being used for things like our CVs, our resumes, uh, coming up with, you know, helping them think through, helping a student think through different aspects of their learning, but then also how are these AI tools also helping teachers be better at their job? That's really where the focus of the conversation was with this, um, with, with our guest. And I think that's that's where the bulk of the conversation should be focused on, right? Am I using this tool to be more productive, to save time? And in saving time, you create time for other things that can't, can't necessarily be thought through by an AI tool. So for example, aspects of, of creativity that would need to be added in, right? Even if you know you we, we are keying these prompts into into these AI tools such as ChatGPT and Cactus AI. There's an aspect of creative addition. Huh? Like there's an aspect of creativity that we'll need to put in as a human being into whatever it is that you're asking this AI to, to help you with. So that was my experience with Cactus AI over the past couple of weeks as well. Whether it's you know discussion guides for guest episodes, and and things like I used it for my, my dissertation, fleshing out my dissertation research study, right? And so I did the pump generation, got what I got the different options for for the industry that I wanted to work with, how the phrasing of the research topic would look like. And I didn't just copy paste it into like whatever I'm working on in my in a build up to that research study. But you find a way of now changing one word to make it more relevant to the context in which you're working on and stuff like that. And so I think Sean alluded to this earlier on, and it's something one of my friends, Brandon Zamani, shout out to Brandon, mentions where when it comes to these AI tools, so the ChatGPT and Cactus AI, the real challenge here and the real opportunity for people to just focus on is the prompt generation. Are you in a position as a human being to ask this AI tool the right question in order for you to get the right, the right answer? Right? When you were doing computing back in high school, there was this concept known as gig, giggle, garbage in, garbage out, where for a computer, if you key in wrong information or rather wrong data, you'll get wrong feedback. And that's the same lens that I feel like we should be viewing such AI tools like ChatGPT and Cactus AI of, can I really get really good at asking the right question get my answer and apply my answer in whatever capacity that I need to. Yeah. I'd be curious to hear from you guys. Like, have you guys experienced any instances where like perhaps you might key in a wrong question, you get like a weird answer. You think, ah, this AI tool is broken or, or, or something. 
And like you would refine that question and then, you know, your answers start making a lot more sense and you're able to now get the right information. I can see some some heads nodding. Yes. What do you guys think? Well, yes, I actually think there's there's that aspect that you need to prompt um, the AI itself to give you, you know, intelligent answers to your questions. That's That in itself is actually a skill of asking the right questions so you can prompt um, you know, the AI itself to, you know, give you the, you know, quality information that you're looking for. But, you know, just on your experience, you know, talking to your facilitator about um, using AI tools for learning, I actually feel that our facilitators, especially here at ALU, should be championing for us to use such tools because it's probably the just as I, I mentioned, it's probably the best friend for each one of us to have to pioneer self-directed learning. Because first of all, it saves time. So if it's if it allows students to save time, it 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 gives students that room to keep exploring their curiosity without having to feel that it is a tedious task. So I myself, like I have really enjoyed um, you know, using the, the Gactus AI because I feel engaged. I feel creative. I feel in a, I'm in a space where I don't need to spend any more like three hours or three days to be able to narrow down to a certain concept that I'm looking for or a certain answer that I'm looking for. And, you know, that has allowed me now to explore different aspects in what I'm trying to learn in a very short time and that has kept really kept me engaged like I found myself being able to you know spend four three hours of even more than that on, on a certain topic you know just coming up with different ideas and again it it has I think our facilitators should actually encourage it because now it's in some way it enhances our creativity um in what we can come up with yes there's that fear that students will just copy paste the auto-generated answers well it lies completely as it's it's a responsibility for the student to you know make use of this information and try and you know derive certain key learnings from it and you know communicate it in a way he or she or they understand but again, it just falls back to us as learners, like what is our responsibility and how do we perceive the information that we're receiving? Is it an opportunity or a window for us to keep learning and exploring new things in a much more convenient way rather than go you know, through the traditional format of acquiring knowledge? And if you just look at it from that aspect of, in the past, guys had to go to libraries to look for books hidden i don't know where you know now you have something that can you know literally prompt you with information um that you would have spent so much time looking for in a library and i think that in itself is a plus for education um it's it's a plus for you know self-directed learning that different professors facilitators and academic institutions should actually be embracing um yeah that's just my general feeling about um you know and about it and i think also 
if you look at different tools such as connected papers, Boniface, like connected papers allows you to also see what different scholars, academic writers have, you know, written or referenced from a specific um, you know, a specific article or journal that you're reading. So if I use different kinds of tools that would make my work easier, does it mean that I'm cheating the system? Or um I'm um, or am I being allowed to be creative in my own way to, you know, make things much more convenient to my own learning style or to my to to you know to my own way of you know um exploring and gathering information. So it's it's a very touchy subject, but those are just my general thoughts and my feelings about it. Yeah, I think you're right, Yuri, in that those who take advantage of it now by first of all being curious right so if if we think of you know the the dot-com rush you know back in the back in the 19 you know 1990s where the internet was you know fresh on the scene people are starting to figure things out and products tools and services were being built on the back of that new technology so you know if, if we really think about what we're seeing today you know when when you're on ai twitter i'm telling you every other day someone is building something new right and and that's just a human response to our our tech and our tools being able to do more and um i was, I was, listen, I was listening to 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 an interesting podcast where they were saying that you know, the, the way that we need to look at at AI is more from a standpoint of, of it being augmented intelligence, right? So you know that you've got augmented reality, which is basically like an enhanced version of reality. You know, um, you know, you've got your like that game Pokemon Go, that was a good example of, you know, using your actual environment and there being you know, additives to it to enrich your experience. Um, I mean, that's basically the word augment to make something like better or easier, right? And so, you know, when when we look at the internet as a tool, it, it augmented our ability to be better workers. It allowed us to collaborate better. It allowed our students to go online and, and find resources. I mean, it, you know, the argument against... Uh, plagiarism, etc. Oh, you guys are gonna use ChatGPT to like do all your work. You could just as easily go on Google, find a, an article, and copy paste it, right? I mean, so so where where really do you draw the line between how smart is the tool you are using, right? Um, and so I really believe that you know we're we're at a very very interesting point of time where the people who are able to figure out two things are going to do well. So number one is people who are able to figure out how to work with AI. So, so you know, there when we are submitting our CVs and stuff, adding that, hey, I'm actually conversant with this new technology and I know how to use it on a day-to-day -day basis to make tasks easier, faster, more accurate, and therefore I'm a smarter addition to your workforce contrary to if someone else was doing it 
um, you know, brick and mortar. Let me Google and figure things out, right? So it's it's kind of advantage to us, especially as like Gen Zs who we've we've grown up basically around computers and tech and the internet. Um, an interesting thing, you know, we we often forget what happened in in history to to really contextualize what's going on right now. So for for example, um, you know, back back back, I think it was like. 1991, China joined the World Trade Organization, right? So China was coming from rural, yani, those guys who are like, they were starting from scratch. Like, you know, when they say you're in the pits, those guys were in the trenches really digging and trying to get their country to a place where it's it's great. And so interesting enough, they they closed off their borders and they said let's build our own internal capacity then now let's open up to the world so 1991 they joined the world um, free trade um, organization right the point there was oh let's trade with the us and europe like fair trade let's give you some stuff let's give you in about like 15 years the balance of trade globally shifted and china is now manufacturing everything and what happened there was that millions of manufacturing jobs in north africa were cut in North America were cut, right? Why? Because it was cheaper. There was technology in place. There was factories. You know, trends, people, money, technology follows cost. If something is cheaper and faster, that's that's where the future will be built upon. You, you get. It has so, a business case. Yeah, exactly. It's it a has business a business case. case. For, for AI, and the same thing happened with the internet, right? So around like 2005 or so, we started seeing like, oh, hey, everyone is like getting onto the internet, et cetera. Um, and, and another big shift in, in jobs and talent happened where customer support roles were shipped out again across the world to like India, wherever. That's why like Indian call centers are such a big thing. But it's because they were getting businesses are getting the same service for a fraction of the cost. Um and and now 2023, here we are, right? We've spent the past like three years trying to convince our employers that we can work from wherever we want to. Um, we can be at home, remote work, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. We don't have to be in the office physically. You know what? We've actually given them a license to look for talent that's cheaper elsewhere. Because what have we done? We've convinced, or rather, a lot of the people in the West have convinced guys that you don't need to employ like a full team of really expensive software guys, you know, here, pay their pensions, medical, <laughs> you know, in the West, by the cost of living is so high that talent is expensive. So now they're looking elsewhere. So even us, that's that's great for us here in Africa because we are talented. You know, we've we've got access to to tools and technologies, and and we've been seeing like there's been huge layoffs, like massive layoffs, um, in in the past couple of months over the past like year even, tech companies are laying off workers at in immense at immense levels. Yani, hundreds of thousands of jobs are lost, and they're never coming back to the U.S. You know where they're coming to? They're coming to Africa. They're coming to Asia where talent is cheaper, decentralized. But then here, here's where I think we can make ourselves valuable. 
and stand out is using AI tools like to augment our intelligence. So, you know, we can we can work for, I mean, like my last role, I was working for a, a, a company in Germany, you know, like fully remote. They don't they don't care about, you know, your accent or or, or where you're from. If you have skills and you deliver you. career capital. And, career capital. And, Remember career capital. We talked about that. Exactly. So so I really think by the AI is our friend right now because people are looking for talent just like us, just like our listeners, who are willing to pick up this new tech trend learn that skill and therefore in whatever job you are applying for if you can show that actually i've figured out a way to use ai in this day-to-day thing i can cut time and cost by like 40 percent you know i can cut the time of turnover of a project by this 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 but it's because i have an understanding of this tool and i use it you know so i i think it's here to it's it's here it's good for us hey our listeners out in the west i mean Hey, what what can we do? You know, um, jobs are coming here, and you'll find that the type of salary that I need here in Nairobi, Kenya, to live on the softest life. Yani, you know, soft life. There's soft life, then there's like ridiculous soft life. Is a fraction of what you'd have to pay someone in the US, and that's okay. You know, like, and and I think that's a trend we need to take advantage of, and and AI is our friend, but there's some areas where things are getting a bit messy, right? Um, guys in the arts, the, those the creative those, space, yeah, a bit of controversy. Bunny, Bunny, t- t- talk to us about that. Yeah, there's like similar conversation in the creative space, right? And so. Back in September, there was a there's an article that came out right that an artificial intelligence generated picture won an art competition right and artists weren't happy right so long story short the state of Colorado has this annual state art competition right and they give out prizes in categories such as painting quilting and sculpting as well so one of the entrants last year September didn't make an entry with a brush or like a lump of clay so he made his own artwork piece of artwork using an AI program called mid journey if you guys want to learn more about that just you know quickly hop on your google right and so this program called mid journey turns lines of text into hyper realistic images right so artwork and the artists were fuming right and so there was a back and forth art right like sorry picture like it's really beautiful art it's amazing right? right And so the category in which he submitted this artwork was digital art, right? And he stated during the, like when he submitted to this annual fair guys that he'd made it using this AI program. So like full disclosure, you know, he, he wasn't holding back any information on this thing, but now the organizers of this thing didn't give that info, that specific piece of information to the judges, right? And so, oh, yes, you told the, the organizers, but the judges didn't know that it was AI. And maybe if they knew, it would have you got me but like one of the judges was like you even if we knew like two of the judges were like even if we knew it was AI it was still one yeah so you could see like a lot of backlash both on social media and on even like at the event itself like the artists who were there and they were saying you know we're watching the death of artistry unfold before our eyes guys you know they're saying this is gross I can see how AI art can be beneficial but claiming you're an artist by generating one absolutely not so like 
artists were pretty upset, but the judges in the competition were judging this art not on how it was produced in terms of like whatever tool you used, whether you used, you know, your fingers, your, your toes to draw this thing. They were really looking at the creativity aspect. <laughs> They're looking at the creativity aspect and were really judging this thing on how the art tells a story and how it invokes spirit. So the so the rubric in this in this in this competition wasn't oh did you spend 20 hours picking it? Did you use um you know hey art guys help me out here did you use canvas did you use the oil oil <laughs> it's called oil paint hey, yeah. artists will come for me but like so even if, if you look at like Photoshop yeah it's like if you use it digitally whatever you want to put in there as long as the artwork can tell a story and so these are sort of the nuances that you're seeing in the art space as well and in its own context it's very similar to like the nuances that you're seeing in education right what are the what are the different interpretations of what this thing is doing and that is definitely going to happen because it's a new piece of technology like you just put it right up there with things like cryptocurrency and the policies around it blockchain all of these new modern age technology that we're seeing of course there are no policies and so my my hope is like whether it's in the creative space whether it's in education i hope people are able to get to get to that middle ground of asking the question how can we co-create policies and structures that help all parties and all stakeholders involved if it's education mm-hmm. how is this ai going to help both students and and teachers for example if you if you look at a platform like turnitin you can argue that turnitin is you know a machine learning platform that you know is being used in education for a specific purpose but what is it doing it's helping the educators be able to recognize whether this thing has been plagiarized right so when the conversation maybe look at this is i'm just saying right if the conversation is on oh this ai tool is helping teachers ah that's okay the education sector is fine with that but if it's ai tools that are helping students oh no 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 and so like it, we need to just break that middle ground tools such as grammarly these are two machine learning tools right and they yeah, only help to enhance us and enhance our writing. And so my theory is, right, don't quote me anywhere guys, but this is my theory and I love to get you guys. <laughs> don't take talk. it to the bank. <laughs> hey, and Sean, uh, yeah, Sean, you have something to add. Let me let me just get this theory out. Yeah. My theory sure. is and you can quote me in like 20 years, right? If I'm wrong or if I'm right. No, no. I feel no. like right, they're going to uh, they're going to slip at this for a real one day guys. So let me let me get this perfect. <laughs> My theory is educational institutions will always adapt last to modern technology because mm-hmm. they're usually highly traditional and widely traditional. And so because it's heavily traditional and oh, a school in the States will ask for your results for your school in Kenya, your high school results, all this and this, like it's, it's, it's widely traditional, but then it's yeah. also highly traditional. And so that's why I feel like we'll see very late adoption and it will also depend on is it is there a business case in silicon valley for stanford for example to begin to build a policy around ai tools that would support the value chain of students and and professionals from stanford university working in these tech companies now you see these these big tech ah guys am i conspiring too much you see these big tech companies come AI fund in Stanford. Ay, 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 ay. 
let me let, let know, me stop there. Let me stop there's, there. There's a tool actually that was that was built. It's called GPT Zero, and basically, it's able to tell when a text, a piece of text, was generated using AI, and it is an AI. So there's already someone who's our enemy of progress in academia, trying to trying to figure out who's using this thing. But I mean, all is all is fair. All is fair in that if, if we were trying to build systems to game the system, who are we to complain when the people we're trying to game or you know get a a head start or a leg up on also build tools to filter this thing out? Because the same was done for internet plagiarism. So, I mean, I I, I think it now boils down to our core humanness to really figure out how to take advantage of this thing, right? So, you know, just like you were saying there with the the story of this guy who entered the art competition with an, with an AI image, I, I, think, I think as long as human input is required for an output, there will always be a case that we won't be fully replaced. And there's a great tweet that I live I live by, which is AI will not replace you. Someone using AI will replace you. And on that bombshell, <laughs> we'll 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 leave we'll leave the audience to to nibble on that. And you know, definitely this is a conversation that it it can't have a beginning and an end, right? It's something that we'll be talking about on an ongoing basis. Um we're we're also super open to sharing um follow us on twitter join the conversation as you know we also drop the different ai tools that we are using and yeah just just be open-minded guys you know this this is this is our time to shine and we have incredible tools to help us in our day-to-day lives and professional lives so yeah our our message to you if you if you've not if you've been zoned out if you are washing dishes listening to this episode you've zoned out a couple of times if, if you didn't catch anything significant moral of the story is that ai is a superpower and it's something that we can use to our advantage the nature of work and trends is shifting so especially if you're in like the developing world and you know you can prove that you've got a great skill set and you can use these tools you are in high demand at the moment so Kudos to anyone who's curious about trying out AI tools. All the best with it. We we will drop a couple of them um, as we go. And uh, yeah, parting thoughts, parting thoughts from Mr. Yuri Koret. I think probably I just want to also just add um to to you know, to to the parting shots that you you shared there was an article that i read from someone called borden it was written in 2004 it might be outdated by now but you know what what really stood out was that ai is designed to mimic and replicate human behavior and in in we should all be aware that it is limited to the parameters that it is given by its programmer. While we human beings have the ability to think unconventionally and go beyond you know, boundaries of a given problem. So I feel that we shouldn't be scared that AI would 
you know, take over the world. The the question should be how can we use it as a as a tool to, you know, find more unique and interesting ways to navigate through different perspectives of life. And that could be, you know, education, it can be art, it can be music. Um, it's it's a resource that we have created and you know I think it's within our capacity to make the most out of it um yeah and I think it's an amazing time to be alive you know so uh, we generally need to you know make the most out of it um yeah so this brings us to the very end of uh, this episode how we end our episodes is that we ask each other very unconventional questions <laughs> that uh, are pretty much not related to what we discussed in this episode. So I think today I'm the one who's going to choose the format in which we ask each other questions. Um, yeah, so since Boni was making fun of me of how I pronounce chat G P T. I'll be asking Bolifas. Bolifas will be asking Sean, and Sean will be asking Yuri. So that's how it starts. Okay, let me let me start with my question to Bolifas. Okay, Boni. Um, when we started this episode, um, one of the things that you talked about was that you are applying to different kinds of roles and you know different kinds of internships doing different kinds of applications and you and me uh, share something quite in common we also get a ton of rejections we're highly skilled at <laughs> getting rejections <laughs> and receiving no's so share with our audience, um, you know, how have you been handling rejection? How have you been handling news? Um, has it been a way in which it has redirected your life journey or your career trajectory? Um, you know, how how can we better manage the rejections that, you know, we come across in our day-to-day -day lives? So you just have to tell everyone I'm out here getting rejections. We have <laughs> me me did I ask others for my information to be shared. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, no, we, we have been getting rejections for quite a long time, both in our professional life and in other aspects of our lives. Amen. Yeah, you know, we have to acknowledge people in this season of love, no? But yeah, you know, we're not. As human beings, we're not new to rejection and you know, all of these different social constructs of failure. Right? I call it, I call it a social construct because our rejection isn't really a failure, you know. And I view that across across the plane, right? Whether it's in relationships or even when it comes to you know some of these opportunities that we're that we're applying for. And I want to quote a reel that I came across. I'll quote it because it really just sums up how I view, how I handle um, rejections. And it's by Letitia Wright. You know, she played Shuri in Black Panther, the first one I had, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. She's a Guyanese British actress, right? And she's, she spoke about rejection and no's and stuff like that, how she views it from a point of redirection, right? And so if you get a no, it's like, if you if you put the word direction 
at the end of that note that you got, it would read, sorry, we are, it's a, we, we are, why not we are pleased to inform you. How do those rejection emails go? Unfortunately. No, let me tell you. They gas you up. Wow. <laughs> My ALA rejection email that I got when I was in high school. That's <laughs> the first paragraph would gas me up. We went uh, through your application. We believe you have the potential to change the world, you know, oh, and impact wow. the African <laughs> continent. I, 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 they go on, they go on, they drop. Like, I, I loved this part of your application that spoke about your ability to do this. Oh, I, I appreciate Hey, I think this is amazing. And, you know, that child you helped amazing, the other bro. day. <laughs> Unfortunately, or in that, in that, unfortunately, in that, however, nevertheless, eh, you can even put Swahili, but yeah, so they break this thing down. And so if, if you, if you add the word direction, then that's unfortunately, this is not the direction that you need to go. Imagine if you just replace that sentence in every rejection that we get, right? Then you'll be able to now build a better relationship with how, how you view this thing after the fact, right? And that's sort of something that I really had to work into and build into. I think so what happened in high school is I was not the number one, two, three in class. And for the kids listening to this panel, those people in high school, if you didn't get number one, just, just look at this podcast. We're building this thing, you know, with our B plus from KCSC grades. And so did I get a B or B plus? Believe in yourself. Doesn't, doesn't yes. matter. That B is for believing yourself, people. And so, <laughs> and so yeah, that's how I handle, you know, no's and rejection. And something I've, I really had to work through and and really and learn, you know, viewing, building a healthy relationship with our our rejections. That should be the name of of the next mixtape that we drop, guys. Yeah, thank you for that question, Yuri. Who am I asking? Sean. Well gone, Sean. How you doing? We already did pen check. You, you know how I'm big. <laughs> So this question, you need to answer it quickly because if you take time, we'll know you're asking your your ChatGPT to give you an answer to this question. Let me tell you, ChatGPT cannot beat the question I'm about to ask you. Give me an age between 10, no, between 15 and 25. Give me an age. 19. 19. We've spoken a lot on this podcast about how we occasionally go through the go down memory lane and look at you know the startups that we try to start at you know when we're this age, you know, what we're doing, what is our business card saying at that age, you know, those of us who are enacted. (laughs) (laughs) Hey guys, hey, we're doing the most. Well, that's a conversation for another day. If you go back to this, I, I remember my business card was C C E O C O O C F O and member hey, you are all of, of the C's of the and founder of the African Footprint Initiative. Bruh. Hey, I was a generalist. Huh? 
<laughs> I, was I, think I, give, I think I give a girl. I give a girl <laughs> one of them. <laughs> Man, no, you guys are killing the action. High school, actually. Uh, uh, we were what? still in high school. With a bunch I haven't of even got into the question. Much. Like, I haven't <laughs> even got into the question, and it's already it's already this funny, bro. <laughs> so, Sean, <laughs> I start my fingers like this, Thanos style. You're 19 years old, right? Oh, yeah. What a time. And then you're on this podcast with us. Yeah. What a time. It would give us the pitch of whatever business idea you're working on, whether it's in your notebook. Oh, Do a quick elevator, 30 seconds. Drop drop for us what you were cooking at the time. <laughs> like, actually, th- that's that was the year I started Project Exponential. I was I was late, actually. Um damn. Yeah, I mean, you know, I it was it was that time I had just finished my 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 A levels at the African Leadership Academy. I had a couple of uni offers, but, um, you know, I, I decided, you know what, let me let me take some time off of school. Yeah, and and I took a gap year. So I'd gotten a couple of uni offers. I was like, hmm, I don't know how I feel about them, this, that, but also I want time to figure out if this entrepreneurship thing is for me. And the only way to know that is by starting something. So I took time off of school. My parents were like, geez, like what what are you gonna do with your time? But that gap year was so amazing. I mean, like I was really doing the most and and you know, I felt so connected to a sense of like purpose. And for me, my whole premise there was I went to this space, I learned a bunch of tools that tools and skills that changed my life. And you know, I got to do all sorts of programs, go different places. Um, that was also around the time I had I'd done the the program in Silicon Valley. So I'd gone to Silicon Valley um, and, you know, done this amazing entrepreneurship program at um, Draper University. And, and damn, boy. Damn. It was damn. crazy. Like, <laughs> nah, shout out. Nah, nah, nah. Sean, take your flowers, please. That was, that's amazing at 19, man. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, I was really, I was always the youngest doing something, but, um, but, you know, for me, I was just, I, I just look at life as an adventure. Um, I was bootstrapping that startup. So we actually like, we, we, like, I wasn't doing it to make money. I was doing it because, you know, deep in the bottom of my heart, I knew that this is something that people would, would like. And, and I also learned that I enjoyed teaching. So more like equipping teaching is one thing equipping is something else so yeah i was i was in that space you know i was like wow you know um youth skills let me you know create this space where like you know i can teach these young guys um these amazing skills that have helped me and you know who better to teach young people than a fellow you know other young persons i found that people really resonated with our programs and um you know through that time i also figured that you know, I need to go to a uni that's like ALU, right? And because it was more, it was better suited to who I wanted to become and would would be a space where I could I could thrive and really be equipped well to to be a, a useful member of society. 
it helped that I had met, I mean, during that gap year, I met a bunch of guys who were at AL, ALU. So they were doing their internships and they were working at the coolest places. I was like, my mind was just always being blown. And I said, you know what, I, this is, I, I got a lot of clarity in terms of my life at at, at that point. Um, I think I had gotten into like my second serious relationship at the, man, like 19 was so interesting. 19 was- <laughs> Would you go back? Um, no, because that means, yo, I have to go back and like study again and do uni oh, again. I'm or like, or like, okay, better yet. What's <laughs> one lesson, if you can remember, what's one lesson yeah. you remember from when you were 19 years old? Like that entire year, all the experiences you've quoted and discovering this, having this feeling of, of purpose, you know, being on this role at 19. And at this point, you know, and I can definitely resonate with whatever with some aspect of what you're experiencing, you know, there's a sort of spotlight that's on you, whether it's in your family because you're doing this while you're young or even in your friend circles and the peer groups that you're a part of. And every week, every month, there's, there's a certain, the certain expectations you have of yourself. Was there anything that you do, you can remember learning from that experience? I think, I think learning, learning how to jump into opportunities when they when they also jump into your heart you know because sometimes like we get ideas and we feel like we need to do something and you know it's only after the courage to act and just create you know I really felt like it was such an incredible time because I was just creating out of thin air it was so trippy because the thing I learned there was that this is what everyone is doing, you know, like all the successful people I look up to, all the podcasts I was listening to. So they wake up one day and they say, wow, this is missing from the world. Let me create it. And I got to do that for the first time, um, you know, in a business actual, like you're actually running something. And that was so powerful. And, you know, sometimes when I look at my life right now, like it now fast forward, um, you know, I'm 24. Sometimes I wish I had, like, I, I look within myself to find that courage again, you know, because it's like, now there's a lot of, there's a lot more pressure. I mean, there, I was okay not making money, but you see now I'm in a stage of life where like income is a thing. Um, You know, I've got friends who are, are living r- ridiculous lives. Um. And, you know, a, a funny thing, one of my friends told me, you know, I was telling him, all, hey, we've gone on a tangent, but like quick, quick one to wrap it up. A friend of mine was telling me the other day, um, you know, he's, 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 he's doing really well. Um, you know, he's, he's got a couple of, of jobs here. They're making like incredible money. And, you know, I was telling him about, I was, this was just last year. I was telling him, hey, you know, Actually, this this thing that I had started, this ed tech stuff, um, skills training, I really want to like take it to the next level and, you know, build it into something that's like software based and can scale and, you know, really want to like change, change. And he was like, wow, you know, you're, you're a mission, man. And, you know, I really wish I was still like that. And, you know, I, I kind of feel like even the missionness that I have now is not the same missionness I used to have at 19. You know, because now there's an element of like, yeah, you know you can get a great job. You know you can make some good money doing something. Oh, how do you balance that with entrepreneurship? 
So sometimes I, I try and dig back to 19-year-old me and say, that part of you that you'd just hop onto a matatu. You know, you didn't have money or anything. You'd hop onto a mat. You, you'd go all the way to which school in the middle of nowhere and like teach students. You didn't care. A part of me feels like if I had that in its fullness right now and, and, I, and I purposely cultivate that again, I can do a lot. So yeah, 19 was great. 19 was special. It taught me that I can. So it, it's always nice to, you know, we think that now we are such complete versions of ourselves. We are so much better, but sometimes you did great stuff in the past and you need to teach yourself how to do that again. So I'm I'm learning from my 19-year-old self again. Anyway, that was a long window. Wow, existential. All right, I'm asking Yuri a question. Yuri, what's what's your dream job? Wake up every day, you do this thing. You do nothing else but this thing. What's what's your dream job? Bunny's telling me being a bus driver. This guy <laughs> has no respect for me. Though it was one of my dreams when I was a kid. Hmm? When I was a kid, I always wanted to sit next to the bus driver because I was so fascinated on how he would change the gears and balance it out when he was going through the roundabouts. Man. Yeah, it Excuse is. Excuse your like... bonus with a sweet face. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. literally say that would be a bus driver. I know this guy will. But either way, like, if you make good, if you make, if you make good money, like, trust me, I'm getting an RV and I'm going to tour the whole of Africa on that RV. So probably that's something I'd want to do. But dream job, I think I'm already pursuing it now. Like, that's DJing, like. Man, like there are certain moments where I just envision myself in front of, you know, so many people doing my thing, sharing my unique sound, my unique art. Um, But I think that question should have been framed as unique jobs because I feel like I'm multi-talented and also have like different skills and different interests. So something like this podcast you know, it's it's literally a dream job because I love listening to people. I love being in a space where I listen to you guys interview, you know, different kinds of guests and, you know, pick their brains on different topics. Um, I enjoy getting to hear your ideas, your stories, and also just contributing. So, yeah, those, those are sort of different dream jobs that I have um, that I'm currently pursuing. Um. Yeah, that's that's my answer to it to your to your question. Yuri is living his dream, ladies and gentlemen. I I love to hear you guys' inputs. I love to hear you guys' questions, and you know what an amazing way to to wrap up an, another incredible, incredible chat here in the boardroom. To our listeners, thank you, thank you so much for listening up to this point. It means that you're truly curious and um, and that our banter today was legitimately interesting. We hope that you're encouraged to go out and learn about AI tools and also learn about yourself and the context in which you are in in life and you know how, how these different tools can help you level up. If it's school, can you write better essays? There's tools for that. Do you need to write better resumes, cover letters? There's tools for that. Do you, do you want to 
do art and you know make really cool digital art there's tools for that there's tools for almost anything and i think our imagination is the only limit to what we can do with tech and we wish you all the best do share your stories with us do share your experiences um the other day i met one of you guys shout out to desire met meta yeah and and she was like i know i know i know bonifest from high school <laughs> and and she's she's a she's a consistent listener to the podcast and she had so many good questions to ask i told her you know what you need to do dm this to us these are episode titles and context that that we could really dig into so we love meeting you guys as our community and we thank you so much for your support again i've been your host sean karanja i was joined in the boardroom with boniface omina and mr yuri koret it's been another lovely founders friday episode and we wish you guys a fantastic restful and banterful weekend we made that up Boniface, please edit that out. <laughs> what is banterful? <laughs> But anyway, guys, have an awesome week ahead and we'll see you on the flip side. Sean just told you to have a banterful weekend. How, how can you not? Can you not have fun? <laughs> cut, 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 cut. Cut the cameras. Cut the cameras. Cut the cameras. <laughs>